Prepare yourself for more face-melting, metal-stomping music. Armor will be pierced. Fluid will be spilled. Machines will fall. Warriors will rise. Animatronic brings you a soundtrack for armored combat. Available now from NoGutsNoGalaxy.net. Join the invasion. Hey everyone, Darren aka Bombadil here. Welcome to part three of three of the MechWarrior Online Town Hall meeting with Russ Bullock that was recorded earlier tonight. Russ spent over three and a half hours answering your questions directly from chat. So thank you all for your questions and participation, and let's get started. All right, uh, Russ, we got another question uh, for you. Moving on here, um, Coffee Nail asks, status of mask? Um, obviously, the Fire Moth executional possible. What about the Kodiak? But basically mask, and this has been a topic that, uh, you know, you guys have had technical difficulties, I guess, in the past with. Did you just ask me a question? Because Nico was <laughs> pestering me. Sorry, he was... Yes, had... all right. Go question ahead, was from Coffee Nail, uh, the status of mask, basically. Um, do we need to repeat the last question? I know that a couple of people said that. Um... I mean, it's on recording. Will they just catch up in the recording then? or? Yeah. Okay. Mask. Um, boy, that's a great one. Uh, it scares the living shit out of us. And it's, to, it's, it's based on just network capabilities of the engine. We feel like we're pushing it to the limits. Um, hit detection and everything, the latest HSR and SRM fixes and everything, we're in a pretty darn good spot, but... You know, it took a lot of exceptional engineering to get that working and working as well as it is. <clears throat> we have mechs now that significant number of our light mechs that move along with speed tweak at 150 kilometers an hour plus. Some mechs with mass are going to be, what, approaching 200 kilometers an hour or more. We're really worried that we're going to see rubber banding effects that you know, we can't control. So I think in the end, unfortunately, we made the, I think the smart decision of not trying to tackle that issue still at this moment. As you know, we're not perfect right now on our networking side as it is. We've got work to do on um, the desync issue. Um, that's a tough one. It's like we can play here and I get people reporting they played, you know, six hours one night and it was perfect for them they didn't see anyone desync and then i get reports that they just like desyncing like crazy so we still have work to do on that side on our networking side we're not satisfied to the point where we say yeah it is great it's solid let's take on mask and let's let's try to see how our you know game reacts when a mech going 200 kilometers an hour runs into a you know ppc bolt so i'm sorry right now it's a technical issue it's uh just not something we're willing to take on at this moment that could deflect us from our task at hand of finishing off uh, community warfare. So when we made our mech choices, we were we were not looking at mask ones. So you can start looking at paring down the list. I know um, I can give you one example. I believe it was the Shadow Cat. Sorry, it's not in the clan package. It was actually my choice for the medium. But the mask scared me off, and hopefully I'm not talking out of my ass here. I think I'm, I think I got the names right and the situation right here. But uh, don't worry, the one we did end up with the for a medium mech is really awesome, and everyone thought it was really great. And I think uh, NGNG agreed with me on that one. Um, but anyhow, there's a quick rundown on on mask and why you know you haven't seen those mechs yet. Uh, the other aspect of the question I think was Hunchback 2C, Jenner 2C. Um, that's separate. Those are later waves, as you know. So we're we're trying to focus on the timeline. We did the rollback. We're trying to stay to it, um, and that is focusing on mechs that are you know part of these initial waves of, of you know community warfare. So not yet. No Hunchback 2Cs and Gen 2Cs and you know Kodiaks and things just yet. So that we need to this this clan wave is going to get out, and we get past that and get into the new year. Then. Um, we look at what makes sense then, you know, where we are on the timeline and, and go from there. You were correct about the Shadow Cat being the uh, the medium with mask. Now, would you ever consider releasing mechs that have mask just without mask, like the Flea and the Shadow Cat? Yeah, I would. 
I would. I, I get a little bit of pushback from the team on that. Various people thinking that we'd get you know a little too much heat from the community for not having the mask present, and they might be right. It's hard to say. So that's always one of those debates we have: what's better or worse? Is it better to have it but just not have mask functional, or is that going to create too much like what the hell is masks? So um, for now, we steer to clear, and um, you know, yeah, I, I'll just leave it at that. I guess I don't I'm not trying to pick a fight or anything, but sometimes we can not get um, the benefit of the doubt of the patients from our community in situations like that. So, you know, we choose ones that don't have masks for now. Cool, Phil, you want to take one? next one? Yep. Uh, so, question is from Zwazadl. Yeah. He says, uh, with the current weekend event, we've seen 12-man uh, player company level getting... Uh, groups stomping all over the four player uh, lance level groups is there any hope for altered matchmaking to stop the pug stomping which they're not really p pugs if they're yeah it's not like they're playing solo players so but yeah is there any uh, thing you know set for that well um first off I guess it's, it's difficult to accomplish everything you know we I want to I want to expand this answer for a little while because I think there's an important point to make and an important kind of almost request or question of the community in it here. We, as you know, we got a lot of requests for uh, groups of any size, and we put that into the game. And it's not an easy thing to accomplish with the group queue and the matchmaker essentially having to deal with all sorts of sizes of groups. And as you can imagine, you have a group of nine. Um, there's only one group size that works with that. It's a group of three. You know, the matchmaker has to find a group of three to match with. Um, so I think I'm going to approach this question a little differently because the quicker answer is like, look, there's just limitations in how the matchmaker can match people up against other people if you want to have groups of all sizes, right? Other games had maximum group sizes of three out of 15. Um, but our community was very vocal. They wanted groups of any size. We've given that to you guys. Um, and I think we need to now focus on the fact that um, that's present. We gave you guys that feature. And now we've got, there's got to be some trade-offs. So the trade-offs are that, you know, situations like that are going to happen. Um, right now, our philosophy is that we're not making people wait overly long. Some of you might say, oh, really? I feel like I'm waiting a long time. Well, there's limits. We set caps on those, right? Three, four, five minutes. There's various breaking points and caps that we've set in there. And when we hit those breaking points, we, we, have, to, we have to initiate some type of release valve to kick off a match. And so oftentimes that creates a situation where you have a 12 man and they don't go up against another 12 men. Um, they go up against three groups of four. But I want to talk to you guys what I feel like is a better way of looking at the problem. And it's something that I've been meaning to bring up with you guys for over a month. I've been looking for the right moment, but there's always been more pressing tasks it felt like. And because, you know, there's a lot of comments out there about ELO is broken. And I think most of them are actually misinformed um, statements. And they're based on subjects like you just mentioned. They're, they're in a situation where they're in a group of 12 and all of a sudden they match up against, you know, three groups of four. Or they're in a situation where, you know, um, a group of uh, four or let's say a group of 12 is put together that's of an average ELO score of like 1800. So, a, you know, fairly good, you know, above average group ends up being matched up against, you know, six groups of two with an average ELO score of 1200. That's not a very fair match. It's not what the matchmaker's ideal goal is. And the end result is for people to say, hey, the match ELO is broken. ELO sucks. ELO is not working. Well, let me put give you a new perspective on that. And then I want to actually propose something. I've seen the matchmaker work. I, I watch it in real time with our matchmaker command center. It's an amazing tool and it tells us everything. And it shows us 
And in fact, I'm going to bring it up here while I'm talking. So let me just refresh this here. Uh, right now, it tells me the average ELO difference of our teams in, in the solo queue and in the group queue. And the group queue right now is running a, a, another 60 on average, a, a difference of 60, 60 more difference in the ELO scores than this than the solo queue. But I can also look at the dispatched games and I can see like here's a game in the solo queue. It looks this this game in particular is a perfect 3-3-3-3. Um, one side has they both have four clan mechs. Um, one though has one heavy, the other has two heavies, and the other has an extra medium. They both have one light, and the clan mechs. And the ELO score in this game is separated by just, looks like just um, 42. So that's a very good match that the matchmaker is able to put together, and that's in a solo queue. And as you guys all know, our solo queue is quite competitive. There's not near the complaints that there is in the group queue and you will see much more frequently you'll see matches that are separated by even you know a several hundred elo scores but let me describe a scenario to you that i think is something we should consider for a change here we have a modest you know or moderate sized game in mechwarrior online and let's define that for a second basically when it comes to these online free-to-play games you have the monsters like League of Legends, um, Dota 2, World of Tanks. And then you have the ones just under that. And you know, I'm proud to say that basically Mechor Online fits in with those group of games that's just under that. Now just, I mean, admittedly, that step down from those monsters is a huge step. I mean, it's, it's enormous. I mean, those games are absolutely enormous. And just under that, though, there's games like MechWar and Nine and a few others that are still a very viable product, and that's still something very significant. It's something to be very proud of. There's most of the other games, there's lots of others, even other ones that are made by much bigger companies with much bigger budgets that people are very excited about have come out and they've already they've come out since MechWar has come out and they're already disappeared or essentially shut down or whatnot. One in particular, everyone thought was a big competitor to us, not so much anymore. So. It's a lot there to be happy about, but still, we do have a limited level of players. We're not a huge, huge product with infinite numbers of players in the queue. But I think we probably have more hardline options in our matchmaker than almost any other game, including those games that are infinitely huger. I think we got a little too carried away with giving our players... Our goal is to satisfy our players and try to give as many hardline options as possible. And I always have players asking, like, well, can we get an option for this and that? And meaning, can we can we restrict the matchmaker in more and more ways? The truth is, we've already gone a little bit too far. And let me describe that example now. Let's say there's a team of 12. And they have an average ELO of 17. And the matchmaker, this is a really simple example... The matchmaker very quickly says, oh, look at this. Here's another group of 12. Oh, their ELO was 1680. That's a separation of 20. This is an awesome match. I should put them together. That's the best match. But then what happens is it says, uh-oh, sorry, I can't. That other group of 12 said they would not play Conquest. And the first group of 12 said they were Conquest only. So now the matchmaker discards that perfect matchup for you and then goes back to the pool. And eventually, it might end up with three groups of four at an average ELO of 1,200, you know, hundreds and hundreds less than the other one because the time limit was reached and it kicks off that match. And the end result is that players say, hey, ELO's broken. And it doesn't matter if it was battle value or anything. In that particular case, it was the hard restrictions on the matchmaker that broke the situation. Now my, and this isn't a perfect solution, it's not gonna make it perfect because you still have some limitations on the matchmaker and the way we make the games, but one thing I think we should consider right away is we should consider changing the game mode selector in our game from a hardline option to a vote system. So we tell the matchmaker, hey, I want it, so on that earlier example, that group says, you know, 
instead of saying we're not going to play Conquest, they're saying we vote for Assault and Skirmish. And they didn't put a vote in for Conquest. And that's what, you know, each of the players did or the group leader or whatnot. So what happens, and it's when the match kicks off, it just does a tally of the votes. So yes, there could be situations where you did not check the box for Conquest, but you ended up playing Conquest because the matchmaker said, look, this is the most fair match. I found a perfect match for you, but in order to utilize this perfect match, you need to play Conquest. I think most of our players, and I'm happy to get Nico to take a poll on this, an understanding of this would suggest, yes, I'm willing to accept playing a game mode that isn't my first choice if it means the best and most competitive match for me and all the other players around me. So that's something we could do really quickly. Uh, meaning, Carl, who works the matchmaker, could we could leave the existing UI as it is, I believe, and essentially you just click the boxes and they become votes rather than hardline choices. And here's something that Carl suggested and some of the other guys did, and I think it's a good, I think it's a good um, suggestion. Uh, if the players are willing to accept that change in the game mode selections for the betterment of the matches and the betterment of the ELO and matchmaker system, we would also be willing to give you guys an extension of the voting system and let you vote on the map. So what that means is we, this would come a little bit later, wouldn't come as quickly as the, the voting on game mode thing because we would have to create an extension of one of the UI screens and basically put checkboxes next to all the maps in the game and the players would then be able to check the ones they vote for. So again, doesn't mean if you did not put a vote in for Terra Therma that you would never play Terra Therma. Um, if the votes, you know, counted up, um, that, you know, it was still a viable option in the random selection of a map, then it's still possible to get it. But, you know, jokes aside, I suppose, uh, there might not be very many votes for that map, so you might not ever have it come up on the vote list. So, but that would be a bit of a trade-off. Um, it still means all the maps are possible, but certainly you have the ability as a player to say, okay, I don't really care for this map, this map, or this map. I'm not going to vote for them. And you'd lower your chance of actually getting those maps. Um, so that's something that I think uh, I wanted to get Nico to put up a poll. So maybe get a poll. Um, it feels like a no-brainer to me, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. I think a lot of the you know, concerns on matchmaker and ELO system are maybe just a little misunderstood. And with some of this more information, you can realize that the ELO system's working, but it's having to deal with other hardline options that we gave the players that causes it to have to discard um, the good match that it found. Okay, that's it. That was a long one. Sorry. No worries at all. Thank you for taking the time. Um, the next question is from rusticated charm this is kind of a multi-part question it all has to do with the balance of uh clan and inner sphere but he says what is the timeline on future clan versus is balancing uh when are the clan mechs going to be comparably as strong as their is counterparts not sure if he meant that to be the other way around or not but um and then will clan balance issues uh will clan balance issues be resolved by the time clan, uh, community warfare is released and when will the full pass of IS quirks be complete? Um, like I said, multi-part, but uh, if you have... Yeah, well, the gist is, yes, I want to have it, of course, buttoned down before Community Warfare is released. Um, I want to stand by my notion that our goal is to not continually nerf the clan max. I, I think we found a place that's, you know, players are not going to agree. I'm sure they want their max to just be absolutely insanely sickly powerful but right now they're still very very powerful and they still fully fulfill that clan feeling that we described they'd have and there's right now they're still i'd like to do a test sometime soon this week maybe do one of those ninja is versus clan things see what the win percentage looks like and just see what impact's been made but essentially i want to try very hard now to leave the clan weapons where they are or let me let me back that up what i mean by that is not making significant nerfs to the weapons any further it doesn't mean we won't at some point say oh that particular weapon really should be a quarter second less burn time or do the minor changes that we do in an ongoing basis all the time in our game but generally speaking keep the weapons as they are at the climax if at all possible and to look to those other aspects to to um 
bridge the gap. So timing wise, you're looking at the quirk system is we had to add some more quirks to our coding. Uh, we're trying to get it so that you've seen the quirks we had in the game now, but we had to um, add uh, weapon specific quirks so we could actually say specifically, not just energy weapon cooldowns better, but PPC weapon cooldown is greater because that's going to give us a lot more flexibility so we can go to a particular awesome, let's say that's known for PPCs and, and deal with the PPCs specifically for that mech. So we had to develop some new quirks and add us to the code base. Um, I'm hoping, uh, really the timing will be around the same time as Community Warfare. So uh, um, there's a left torso, right torso thing, same thing. We're going to look at something there. We're going to be really careful with it. Um, I think uh, depending on the on the calculations we do on just how many heat seeks on average clan mechs are losing when they lose a torso, uh, that might be enough on the heat penalty side, right there. Um, so we'll probably be we'll be analyzing that very carefully, but it might be more just around the speed side of losing the torso. So I, I'm sorry that, that I'm not getting more exact, but basically the timing is the same on everything. It's like literally. This is all going to be happening inside of the next two months on an ongoing basis until we get there. And um, that's the best answer I have right now for you. Um, I got the September 23rd patch is pretty much locked down at this point. So definitely not looking at anything until at least the first patch in, in October for um, any more of these items being shipped off the list. All right, next up we have, and this is referring to Community Warfare, uh, this is by Mr. Wizard. It says, will you be revealing any concept of Community Warfare to the community prior to its final release? And I guess that's for feedback from the community. Yeah, I, I think I just thought of something else too I wanted to bring up around the clan balancing items. I know a lot of times Paul gets a lot of heat on these things, and a lot of times he gets the great privilege of posting and implementing some changes to the weapons, no matter um, how those changes became uh, came about or were decided upon. This, I want everyone to know that this particular, this last round of weapon changes, um, Paul was very busy and uh, I knew we had more ground to cover and the heat efficiency of the Clan Max was the biggest thing causing them to dominate matches. The, the last, I want everyone to know that the very latest um, round of um, clan weapon changes were my changes. I went through and I made all the changes myself. I then, you know, discussed them with Paul and the various players and then implemented them. So I just want you to know I'm taking full responsibility for that. I'm owning that. You guys need to leave the pressure off of Paul. And essentially, I'm kind of a. Uh, Paul's got a lot of work to do with community warfare. I'm pushing him and leaning on him really hard to make sure that stuff gets done. I'm taking um, basically ownership of this clan interspear balance issue. I'm gonna be pushing on those items myself, taking a personal hand on those and a personal approach on those and trying to get all of them done and get this thing settled in. So um, yeah, I know not everyone likes the changes, I understand, but we are headed towards a game that even Catalyst Game Labs and Randall Bills would tell you probably should have been like that from the get-go on tabletop or anything. Um, not a lot of people like the lore aspect, and like the, the canon aspect, the whole 10v12 thing and stuff. I understand. I get it. I really do. I'm not saying no to that indefinitely, but it can't be a part of our balancing in phase one. We're trying to make a game that's for people want to run tournaments and esports. And I'm sorry, guys, no matter what you tell me, I've seen the good players in this game, the very best players. Why do you think the term meta is so common? They will gravitate towards the very best mechs that put out the very best damage. So it doesn't even matter if it's 12 versus 10. If the Timberwolf or various mechs are deemed to be the best mechs, they will gravitate towards those mechs. And and then we're telling our players, hey, you're right. Your IS mech is not as good. But if we put lots of them together, you could win. I know we have plenty of players out there that like that notion. They're okay with that. They would play that. But we also have just as many, if not more, and all of our best players that don't think that way and will gravitate towards the clan mechs. So it's critical 
that community warfare have a chance at the beginning to be truly balanced or truly balanced between interfering clans and so that we can have a truly competitive game that can settle in and and allow it to succeed we need to have even numbers per side or roughly even number of players per side and we can't count on that happening with a technology group that's you know officially um, presented as being more powerful by product games so I know there's many of you out there that agree and understand and see it our way, and I appreciate the support you've given us. Those that don't see it that way, that still want to see Canada and Laura above all else, I'm just asking for your patience. I'm asking for you to stay with us for a, you know, a few months. Let's get Community Warfare out. Let's try and get this thing balanced. Let's let the planetary conquest begin, and I promise I'll take up that conversation with you again. So I went all over the place again. Big subject, as you know. We could talk all night about that one. All right, back on topic. Uh, the question again. This is from Mr. Wizard. Says, "Will you reveal? Uh, will you be revealing the concept of community warfare to the community prior to its release for feedback?" Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm going to throw Paul on the spot here now, big time. Um, we got to get a post up, and I think Paul, here it comes. You ready for it? Um, trademark soon. I mean, in the next week or so. I want to get a detailed post up like he did with unit creation uh, with the Q&A and stuff so you guys can see how that works. Um, I'm going to give you the brief run, run, run down right now and I'll try to be truly be brief. We do get a lot of players asking about, look, I like playing with my friends. I like playing in groups. I like playing with mixed technologies. I like playing my Phoenix mechs and my, you know, all my mechs. But, and they want to be able to do that still. But we also know that that doesn't really fit in with truly community warfare. You know, mixing technologies, Phoenix Max fighting with, you know, Timberwolves on Clan Jade Falcon, it, it ruins the mood. So we feel like we've come up with a solution that's very good, very elegant, very interesting. And the simple aspect is that you will be, from a public queue standpoint, that aspect of Mechwar 9 will still exist. You'll still be able to play with your friends, play mixed technologies, play mixed units, groups, have fun, go there, grind your C-bills out, um, you know, get your kills, get done with some of your challenges of the weekend and stuff. But here's the key, and this is, I know, very exciting. Faction tab, that's really it. That's where it exists. Clicking on that really is a statement that you are entering a hardcore role-playing mode, and you're going to be, you know, participating in unit faction warfare and again a hardcore role-playing type of way so outside of that it can be pretty similar to the way it is today have that freedom but inside that faction tab it is hardcore role-playing time it's time for you and your unit to get together and defend or attack planets bid on contracts we're defending etc etc and that's where there's gonna be more rules in place of course it's like look What's, it's going to be very elegant, though. You're essentially going to be filtered to the mechs of that battle. So if you click on this planet and it is, you know, an intersphere planet being attacked by clans, then of course you're an intersphere player. Then when you your your select mech screen, essentially you can think of it as, or some UI representation of that will be filtered to those intersphere mechs only that fit that scenario for you to you know defend that planet against the clan mechs and so from that point from that point inside that faction tab that's where you really get restricted and you participate in this hardcore role-playing mode so that's it in a nutshell so that's going to be really great from within there you go to the map select on the planets decide whether to attack or defend get together with your unit attack or defend meet the criteria of the battle with your you know filtered mechs based on your faction etc um and that's obviously a very simplified version of it, but that is it. That's going to be, that's what we're working on right now. And we can't wait to give it to you. So we've got all that design. We've got that tech reviewed, almost all of it. Uh, so that's why, Paul, again, it's on you, buddy. Um, let's get that post up and let everyone give us some feedback on that. Excellent. The next question is from Effigy. He says, right now, many of our players or your players have both Intersphere and Clan Mechs and probably enjoy playing both types. Um, how will community warfare impact 
player ability to play mechs from both factions? Well, I think I just answered that, but let me focus in on that subject. Mm -hmm. And I think we found the best of both worlds here. As you can tell, we spent a lot of time uh, trying to find ways to meet the, you know, the requirements for our player base and an, you know, an interesting solution that kind of gives everybody what they want. So my answer to you again is, will you be able to play all your mechs? Yes, in public queue, go nuts, be with your friends, do what you want to do. But I think all of our players can appreciate this, especially there's many thousands out there kind of screaming like, wait a second, and, and that's where we say, that's the faction tab, that's it, that's hardcore role-playing mode. So no, in there, it's not mixed technology. It is you and your unit with, for instance, if your clans that you're playing, your clan mechs for those battles, because it is when that battle happens, again, that's for real, that's for the marbles, that's a real match, that's hardcore role-playing. You're going to be in your clan mech fighting Intersphere mechs. Hope everyone likes it because um, tell you that that's a that's a tough tough problem. But I no I I think the vast I know people like flexibility and that's why we're trying to give you that in the public queue. But no, we really feel strongly that faction tab is is hardcore role playing mode, and that's where we that's where we filter the technology to what your your faction is. Okay, I like that answer. Um, Eden MW brings up a good point, and this actually ties into this whole entire subject. Is you know, you're basically saying if you're IS, you use IS mechs, you're clan, you're using clan mechs in faction warfare. But let's talk about lore here. Um, and this question, he says, will IS units be able to acquire clan tech, salvage, or black market? And when you talk about the battle tech lore, this is where this question comes from, is the fact of there is salvage, uh, you know, and uh, is that ever going to be a part to where sometimes, you know, an IS unit is going to be able to field a mech or mechs that are clan tech? Well, I mean, I think the answer is almost certainly a resounding yes, but I think you know what the next thing I'm going to say. Not right away. Um, not right away for a few reasons. One, of course, time to implement that, but also time to experience all aspects. I think I really, we finally get this community warfare module out. I want to cherish it. I mean, let's cherish it and let's, in the beginning, let's really make it play out that scenario of, you know, clan versus IS, and IS is running with their own gear. Um, and I think you can expect it to play out in that, like that for at least a season, air quotes. I don't know how long the season is. And at some point in our timeline, I'm sure, of course, we'll be introducing more and more clan technology as the game progresses, you know, into the Intersphere side, and all those things will happen um, as, we, as we expect them to, but not in the beginning. And that just kind of reminds me to keep in mind all you faction players, like being inner sphere faction players, kind of craving for your, you know, House Steiner versus, you know, whoever Kirda conflicts. Um, we think our solution on the faction tab is really elegant. And it's going to be able to provide the ability for us to do that. So by example, let's say for one weekend, a weekend event in Community Warfare, we say, okay, we're now going to have the battle of such and such well-known planet in house i just think i just said steiner curative but you know i don't know i'm not looking at my map so i'm probably gonna say something dumb but you know lao uh, and uh, steiner conflict and it's in the canon and the lore and in this battle it happened on this planet and these were the mechs that played major roles in that battle so now we have the ability in this weekend to make that particular planet kind of flash as though it's in being contested and it allows our you know steiner and lao players in this circumstance to go there as those factions and the mechs will then be filtered to the ones available for their side based on the faction and the canon etc and the lore and they can have that we can play out some of those you know uh, battles between inner sphere houses um so i just i thought of that when you brought that up um for whatever reason i wanted to bring that up because i know there's a lot of our players inner sphere players that'd be excited about that concept so this solution inside this faction tab is is not just going to allow us to play out the you know intersphere and fading the clans but we'll also be able to play out some some house combat and uh one of those things that we're still trying to decide on internally is just how long is um a season you know how long is the how much change 
and how quickly does it happen to the map? And does it happen more quickly to the end of a season and a resetting or more of a... It, I, we're starting to lean towards that notion because we think you know, the length of the timeline and how slow the timeline moves in real time, then that, um, at least at this point, and we've already seen that the timeline is not gonna determine us. If we have to change the timeline to suit our development needs, we can do that. But I think it might it might be very possible that for the, to make it interesting and to watch the map change much more significantly in real time with our players, it might change you know, much more quickly than perhaps Lore says it does to a point and then we possibly reset it. But take that just as a thought. Um, our thinking in the past has always been more about just following the timeline, but we're starting to wonder if that will be interesting enough for our players. So obviously you guys can start thinking about that. And um, you know, how much of a, uh, how much we change that map and how closely we follow our timeline when it comes to, you know, uh, the battle and, and how much the map changes and how often we set it, et cetera. That's, that's one of the few remaining kind of questions we have that we just don't quite have an answer for yet. But as you can see, it's, um, it's not something that really would hold up development. It's really just, um, we've got time here to sort of make up our mind and, and, uh, and, and it probably is determined based on the playership. You know, if the, the players love community warfare and a significant number of players come into play, then it probably means the more and more planets we can turn on to be contested, which probably determines how we do affect the map. So it might be one of those things that really gets determined by, uh, you know, the success and the popularity of the feature. Excellent. Now, Russ, this has already been over three hours. I want to totally thank you for your time. Uh, do you have time for a couple more? Or we got about 700 people in there still. What do you want to do? No let's, um, let's pick... Uh, Take a couple of your best questions. Just take a couple more and see where we're at. All right. Um, let's see. We are getting down. We've pretty much gone through this list, so I'm trying to find something that's that hasn't been discussed. Uh, real quick, you can answer this really quickly if you want to. Virtually dark ass. I um, feel the need to ask this. Will there we will we ever see a Solaris type game mode in MWO? Well, there's a really good question. Um, you know, obviously we've got the private match window, and so in the meantime, um, we can we have to kind of rely on our community um, to recreate that environment. They have the full capability of, of you know, making uh, that play out, you know, and having set up setting up their own tournaments and environments. So for now, I think we have to leave it at that. Um, if we bring anything in more officially, it's obviously again going to be your same answer. Um, after Community Warfare, you know, that's a 2015 type thing. So if there's some community-run Solaris-type tournaments that are very successful here in the next, let's call it the next, you know, three to six months, um, then, you know, so yeah, maybe after that we can look to uh, kind of more officially incorporating something like that. Uh, again, same answer, but um, there you go. All right, we have a question from uh, Solomon. He asks, uh, question is artificial intelligence like the grunts from Titanfall, a possibility for future MW objective play? Well, there you go. That's again, as I answered earlier, that's a first of the new year. Community Warfare's out. We start thinking about what's our next big thing um, beyond just improving the initial four pillars. Is it PVE? Is it single player? Etc. So, I mean, yeah, I gotta believe that it's it's gonna happen. It just it's gonna have to be prioritized in the features that the players want and. If they want that straight away after Community Warfare, then, um, you know, we'll go there. All right. Um, another quick one here. This is from Zays. He says, uh, and this might have been a repeat. I don't know. If, I don't think we've addressed this. I've noticed from my limited experience that the group queues seem to have an issue with large pre-made groups crushing clusters of small groups on the opposite sides. Any plans to essentially balancing the, the group queue? Uh, is that an issue and is it going to be dealt with? You know, I think I answered that one. I'm going to reiterate that. Mm -hmm. Guys, how do you feel about we need to change the game mode selector to a voting system rather than a hard lock? Because I think you will find that the matchmaker will do a much better job at finding competitive games. Now, 12-mans are a very special case, as you know. Um, even larger groups of six, eight, whatever, 
they can be paired up with fours and other sixes, and the matchmaker would do a really good job of that. Twelve mans themselves, even still, that will help that as well. So now if you've got two, even two, three, four, five, six, twelve mans out there in the queue, um, the matchmaker can put them together if they're a good match for each other. It doesn't have to worry about whether one of them selected, um, you know, the you know, some game mode that the other one said they didn't want to play or something. So I think that's our initial step, I feel. I hope the players would allow that change because I think, um, you know, that would, that would be the first thing we could do to improve the performance of the group queue. Flat out right there for sure. I'd like to get that change in and I'd like to see how much it improves the group queue. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of take it from there. It's just sometimes it's the way we approach things. It's like one step at a time. You know, here I've identified kind of the the most pressing thing that I think can make the most impact really quickly. And it's a small item. Let's get that change in and let's see where we stand. All right, next question. And this is actually um, had multiple people, but VoIP, uh, voiceover IP. Uh, this is a request that has been going on and on. You guys sort of did it with um, that C3 and then it sort of dropped. Um, obviously, we've talked about this uh, is this something coming? Is it planned? Can be planned, and a lot of people want it. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's there's a VoIP solution built into Crytek that the guys uncovered and they dusted it off. And we got Brian Buckton on a little while ago, and he got sidetracked by the many features of you know unit creation and, and stuff. So that's just one of those things that's just sitting there, and it's just like we want it. And my plan would be it's simple. I mean. The C3, 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 whatever it's called, forget, it doesn't even work, or maybe it works, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't get used. So we need to do a solution like Rogue Tanks has, where essentially it's a built-in VoIP solution, and you guys can all run your TeamSpeak servers, that's great, do whatever you want to do, but for those of everyone else, um, new players in particular, and that is the big question, it's just like, how many of the people actually listening here want to use the built-in VoIP, or are they all just assuming that it's the best thing we can do for new players. Because those are two very different things, right? But the ultimate solution, of course, is that it's just built in, like World of Tanks says, where essentially you just you just, you just just go out, you just go on the match, and you're going to just press a button to talk to your team, and you're just going to press a different button to talk to your Lance, and there you go, right? Um, I don't, we wouldn't have an all chat, I imagine. That would be silly. People would just swear at each other. But basically, um, yeah, that's what we want to do. That's our path. I just don't have uh, a path to completion at this point because it's not, you know, those guys are working on, guess what? Community warfare. That's right. So there you go. So um, I guess I, I mean, I'm kind of curious to that question, though. How many of you guys listening to this would really go away from your own TeamSpeak server with your buddies and actually use the built-in one? I mean, well, obviously, I don't think a whole lot would. It's just the fact of it's an option for people to use if they need it and when they need it but if you're using ts you're not going to move but right so I basically think. it's like i think they do that in world tanks a lot where so you and your boys are in team speak and you're, you're there but when you get in a match and you and your boys talk to each other but then you've got the six pugs too so you quickly hit the end game team chat button say hey pugs what's up we're going right you yep know? and so you yeah you you steer them a bit i get it that Okay. That with command will, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, I do have one uh, comment question, and then uh, Darren's going to be getting the last one. Um, this is actually, hold on, let me let me find it. I actually thought this was a good uh, question. It keeps getting scrolled up. Basically, Chaos made a comment just a second ago that uh, he said you guys are about to reward the clan. Uh, packs, right? The, you know, the, the top tier, the Mascari, and then you said if they get the this new pack, they're going to get rewarded with a specialty mech, which that you won't name. Um, would you consider actually rewarding founders as well if they get one of these with a IS mech? It's <sighs> a good question. <laughs> that um, one. Yeah, I'm not going to, I guess, commit to something right now, but, uh, well, okay, I will say that the, the... The program does also have the other loyalty tiers, meaning if you, I think we have a Founders loyalty, so if you have a Founders and one of the, the Clan Wave 2, you get something. If you have um, a Phoenix and Clan Wave 2, you get something. If you have Clan Wave 1 and this one, you get something. And then there's just like, hey, if you really went Clan, Clan Wave 1 and 2, you get something huge. 
So there are those reward tiers, but I'll admit they're tiny right now. Those other ones, there's the one huge one. The other one, the other rewards, loyalty rewards are, are smallish, kind of like the past program. So um, that's a tough question because um, founders are great. Founders are right there from the beginning. Um, but we'd get the same question, I suppose, from the Phoenix people. We're gonna say, what about us? <laughs> so if we had a Phoenix uh, one and- you know, you know, I, kind of, It's yourself, a valid question. Um, it is a valid question. Um, I guess our thinking was, as you can man imagine, and it makes sense, it's really about, um, it's about our clan players. It's about building up our clan max, the clan user base and our clan players and saying, you know, those that are really supporting basically the clan launch with clan wave one and clan wave two are, thank you so much, here you go. Um, so as to um, the other previous programs, inner sphere programs and mixing that in with the, uh, the clan program, I, I just don't have that answer right now, so. You can't build upon, you know, a foundation without having the foundation. Someone could argue, just say. I'm totally for, uh, you know, helping out the founders as well. So, yeah. All right. Actually, I, my, the, there's two final questions. One has been um, thrown out in chat a lot in the last uh, few minutes. So I want to make sure it is uh, discussed and we'll have a quick, easy closer. Um, which the the big one is, I think, uh, essentially, and this has come from several people, so I'm sorry if I'm not naming you. Can we activate premium time in chunks? A lot of people sitting on a ton of premium time and they want to know, number one, if they can activate it in chunks or number two, if in the future uh, they can be purchased at smaller chunks or whatever. All right. So I do have something to add there. Thank you for asking. Um, this is on Nico. Nico, if you're listening, I'm throwing you under the bus now, buddy. I know you've been busy. Same with John, our web engineer with all the data center switch and stuff. Okay. It is a sensitive subject because essentially we're the only game that basically even allows bank time. You know, it's we gave that to the founders. So don't, hey, founders, remember, we, we do stuff for you. Um, you made up a very valid point. Like, look, we really shouldn't be burning our premium time quite yet. And when we first, you know, started. And uh, so we, we, we created the notion of banked time. And so the extra value of what MWO gives players that other games don't is when you get the premium time with a package purchase, it's banked time. So now we have guys sitting on loads of bank time. So by the way, that brings up an interesting question. A lot of people talk about grinding C-bills, but obviously our game gives out quite a few C-bills if our players don't feel very much pressure to turn on those premium accounts. So I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. Um, I think we're relatively generous in our C-bill thing, so please don't tell us that we nerfed it when we went 12v12, we need to give out more. Um, I think we give out a lot. So I'm just saying there, so fight me, I guess. Come at me or whatever the word is. Um, there you have that, but then we have this notion of bank time. Now we've got people sitting on a lot of bank time. And I understand, they hit the activate button, they're activating like tons, right? How much do you, some of you guys have? Like nine months of premium time, like bank time sitting there? And you don't want to activate it all. Um, so here, here's what we have done. I am not going to get into nickel and diamond this, so meaning this is not going to turn into... Uh, after this, we give you this, 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 until the point where you're activating like an hour of premium time at a, at a time. What I will do though, and it's already done. All we gotta do is get our boy Nico to um, uh, put up an announcement for you guys and John to flip the switch on the website. So this is not something you'll be able to do on the game client right away. We could look into adding that in the future, but going into website, going under profile, somewhere in there, you're gonna have the ability to activate your banked premium time in chunks of one month. So I'm willing to go that far and say, okay, we're going to give you guys an option. And basically, like I said, this is done. We just need to turn it on. And so this is something that we've been working on for the last few weeks here since we took over MechWarrior um, as a change in policy. One of those representations of change in policies that we're willing to do. Um, and uh, we're going to allow you guys to activate that bank time in chunks of one month. So there you go. You don't have to make the one month commitment now on the uh, bank time. That... So tell me, Tell me that's awesome. That is awesome. I know a lot of people are going to be happy about that. So uh, thanks for answering. Um, so I just want to let everybody know, again, uh, we've repeated a few times, but let you know again, this is going to be uh, available post-broadcast, which will be ending in a few short minutes. Uh, it'll be highlighted here on Twitch. It'll be uploaded to YouTube, and it will also be uploaded as a podcast. So I want to give a very big thank you to Russ for showing up tonight, for spending, well, well almost three and a half hours now, um, in this town hall meeting want to thank also everybody in the background that has been helping out a lot of ngng staff 
and uh, PGI. Thank you guys. Uh, couldn't have done it without any of you. Um, but this kind of goes into the next question, which is there, there were a few questions that didn't we didn't get to. Um, but for the most part, we actually covered the, the large uh, chunk of them. So I'm pretty happy about that. But the final question is, can we do more town hall meetings, whether that's uh, once a quarter, once a month, something like that? Um, a few people were asking throughout the uh, broadcast. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is something like I wouldn't mind to do for a while. I think it's worked out really well here. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming. That's everyone, you know, super friends of the show and those that are more adversarial. I think everyone here tonight showed a lot of um, class and responsibility. And I wasn't sitting there monitoring the chat, but I think we got a lot of great questions. And I think we answered questions from all types of players and community members. And um, I would like to um, do this again. And you're right, monthly probably be... Uh, too frequently, although I think it would say, no, it's not, but um, let's figure that out. You know, we can, um, I think quarterly is kind of the, the, the easy answer. It's kind of like the obvious answer, but, um, you know, I, I, let's, let's, let's figure that out and see. Maybe it's, maybe it's more frequently than that. Maybe quarterly is perfect. So, yes, let's do it again. Excellent. Make it so. Yes. And of course, I'd like to say thank you to everyone who uh, joined us today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this town hall meeting with Russ. Again, it's a, always a pleasure sitting down. And I want to give shout outs to uh, a few people behind the scenes because they are. <laughs> they've been doing a lot of uh, stuff. Let's see. We got Deadfire, Wingbreaker, Catcher Kill. You guys know him. Nico and, of course, BB Wolf and Curie and Ed, and Meister Edmund. Um, all of those guys uh, for helping out. Yeah, Odwalla behind the scenes. Uh, we got a bunch of people that have uh, helped getting this document full of answers and que or questions and then plus moderation. And, of course, you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being civil. And, of course, uh, for those that uh, weren't, hey, appreciate you guys just coming out here. You do care, and that's what, what we're going to take out of this. And, of course, uh, yeah, we will be back tomorrow for some normal mech porn action. Um, I will be streaming, I think, tonight because I have a little bit of uh, the Lance uh, challenge left to do. But, uh, Russ, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for showing up and uh, doing this uh, pretty much an AMA, uh, a live AMA, which I think is pretty cool. And text form sucks. I'm not going to lie. Text sucks. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, yeah, thank you. And, of course, guys, uh, you heard him. We're going to be uh, looking at possibly doing another one maybe in a few months to give you guys an update and expect, obviously, more information to come on Community Warfare, uh, you heard, and uh, specifically from Paul. And Nico as well. You've got some posts coming up from them uh, dealing with a few things. So, guys, uh, this will be put on YouTube. Um, we will create a highlight as well. And uh, so if you missed this, uh, missed earlier on in questions, and if you didn't have any questions answered or you missed something or something like that, um, we will do our best to uh, get them answered maybe in a podcast and or uh, a future AMA as well. So, anyways, guys, thank you. Have a great night. Be safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And we'll see you tomorrow. Until next time, Mech Warriors. Night, everyone. And that concludes part three of the town hall meeting with Russ Bullock. Thank you, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube at No Guts No Galaxy TV, on Twitch at NGNG TV, on Facebook at No Guts No Galaxy Podcast, and on Twitter at No Guts No Galaxy.